if I ever needed to gauge where are the audiences who are listening to this podcast, like where are they in life? It would be this episode. Y'all, this was the number one listened to episode in the last year, and it's all about managing your routines, bedtime routine life with a newborn and a toddler. And I can understand why, because we are so hungry for like, tell me how you do this. Tell me what's going on. And so in this episode, we're sharing what this could be like for you and your family. We're going back to the archives to listen to the most downloaded episode within the last year on the Little Z Sleep Podcast, which by the way, we started this podcast in 2018. And it's so special to us because I've always wanted to just sit down behind the mic and share with you. And we've gone through lots of iterations of this podcast from, you know, super interview heavy to, you know, taking a YouTube recording and turning it to the podcast. But this is just my favorite thing is to sit behind the mic and talk to you. And I'm so glad that you've been here with us through the years. And if you've gone back to listen to the early episodes, like, wow, I'm very grateful. <laughs> I've, I've, I've grown a lot. Um, but also you'll find that the, the style has changed. When we first launched this podcast, I was only offering one-on-one services. I didn't have a team. It was just me helping people and um, being able to go into their homes or work with them one-on-one. And now we have online courses. We have a team and it's so much easier to make sleep a thing as we say here at Little Z's. So anyways, this podcast in itself, I think is such an important way to look at where we are and who we're serving because you are definitely listening to this podcast right now because you have a newborn and your toddler and it's hitting you at different stages, right? This this was really popular back when it first launched and now it's going to hit a different sect of parents who are in the thick of newborn and toddlerhood. And I want to encourage you that you are doing a great job and you are the right parent for your children. And this is a hard season and it is just that it is a season. So let's jump into this back from the archives episode all about managing life with a newborn and a toddler. Hey, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant here at Little Z Sleep, and we love sleep. We love it so much that we are on a mission to tell the world that sleep is a thing. Sleep is not a competitive badge of honor. It is not something that you have to wait and survive through and trudge through as a parent. You actually can have sleep now, and we are all about that. And here on the podcast, you will hear stories from well-rested families. You will hear troubleshooting, problem solving, and everything in between to help your family make sleep a thing. Of course, you don't have to wait for every episode to come out. You can actually get a step-by-step sleep training plan over on littlezsleep.com slash shop. From newborn to preschool, we want to help give you the resources to increase your family's sleep every single night and ensure that your family is happy, healthy, and well-rested. Hey, if you do not have a child who is sleeping through the night and you are ready to make sleep a thing, did you know that you can be matched to the Little Z Sleep program that is right for you? All you need to do is head to littlezsleep.com slash sleep dash quiz, or just click the handy link below in the podcast show notes. And we want to match you to the sleep training program that is right for your family. Once you take this quiz, you'll find a video where I explain what this course is all about, and then you can jump in. This is available for you right now. Go ahead and get matched to the program so we can help you make sleep a thing as soon as possible. Okay. So Kate, you have two little ones that are about two years, two and a half years apart, correct? Yeah. They're about two years and four months apart. Okay. So what are their names and currently how old are they? Ella is um, my daughter. She's my oldest and she will be three at the end of February. 
Wyatt, we welcomed in early July. So he just turned four months old. Okay. All right. So he's now no longer a newborn. He's busting out of the newborn sleep. He's uh, well, we'll get to how he's sleeping now, but um, you've been shared he's busting into like nine month clothes. So he's doing well. Yes. Um, <laughs> what would you say has been the biggest difference between Ella and Wyatt's newborn stages? Um, I would say my confidence in their sleep. I did not know I'm a pediatric nurse, but I had no idea about pediatric sleep um, when I welcomed my daughter, Ella, a couple of years ago. Um, so I would say the confidence and, and knowing what I'm doing is probably the biggest difference for us. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, that's totally true. After you have the first kid, you're like, oh yeah. Okay. I kind of, I kind of remember, or I know a little bit of what to do, but what about even more so their temperaments? How are like, how are they different? Wyatt is by far much more laid back than Ella was. She was very vocal. She was our squawker. She actually had this sound that sounded like a red tailed hawk that she would just let her presence be known. And Wyatt is very quiet, laid back. He's always smiley, very happy guy. So yeah, their temperaments are very different, but that's also true for Jake and I. Ella has more of my temperament and you can already tell that Wyatt has more of Jake's temperament. So it's been fun to see the differences. It really is so cool to like, see how your kids shape into who they are based off of like how you and your partner are. I just, I just love it. So fun. Okay. So Ella was pretty aware when you were pregnant with Wyatt, how did she, um, first of all, like, how did you talk to her about going to have a baby brother? And when did you start talking about that with her? Uh, pretty much as soon as we found out, we she obviously understood our excitement and we found out pretty early that it was going to be a boy. So I think that also helps um, give baby uh, an, its own identity when you know the gender and, um, you know, rather early. Um, so we talked about it pretty quickly after we found out. Um, and as I know you are aware, I love decorating nurseries. It's like one of my most favorite things in the world. It's like Kate's gift in life is to decorate uh, nursery. <laughs> yes, it's, I just have so much fun with it. So of course, as soon as we found out gender, I went straight to work. And so the playroom that we have upstairs right next to Ella's bedroom, um, slowly transitioned. We moved her playroom down to her basement and slowly over several months time, that room transitioned into her brother's nursery. And so I think that was very eye-opening and it was a slow enough progression that we were able to really talk through what these furniture pieces mean, what these, what the name on the wall means, what, what these little, you know, picture frames will eventually hold. So I think that really helped her um, slowly gain an understanding of what was happening. So like, that's all well and fine that you have the room set up and that Ellen knows these things, but of course it can be completely different when Wyatt actually arrived. So I know that it was also a bit different for you guys. Um, I don't think she was, was she ever able to come to the hospital and visit? No, she wasn't with the COVID restrictions. Um, no visitors were allowed, um, other than one, I believe. And so, um, yeah, she wasn't able and no kids under the age of 16 at the time were allowed to come visit the hospital. So we put her to bed one night and then she woke up with her grandma and grandpa 
there in the morning to get her up. And, you know, we had talked through what would eventually happen. Well, we have to go to the doctor for a couple of days. Grammy and Papa are going to come in and take care of you. Um, and then we'll be home with your brother. So um, it, the way it happened was very obviously unplanned. Uh, <laughs> I'm a planner. We had a scheduled induction ready and um, set to go. So we thought we were going to have ample time to get her ready. Um, but turns out I was in labor all day, didn't really know it. And so we put her to bed and we went straight to the hospital. So <laughs> Um, yeah, having having somewhat of a plan in place, just talking her through what that would look like when we weren't here, um, I think still helped her a lot. Yeah. And I love that like you are such a type A planner, but then your plan just completely fell through, um, which makes you just, you know, a little bit like thicker skin. I feel like sometimes maybe it prepared you. I don't know. Maybe it prepared you for the wild ride you guys had with Wyatt, which is another conversation for <laughs> yeah. another day. Um but I, I mean, Hey, that is the nature of having a kid is you just, you don't really know what's going to happen. You can have all the perfect plans, but then it's like, roll the dice. Yeah. And I actually didn't want to have to go through the induction or anything like that. I wanted things to happen on its own, but you know, when you have a child, another child at home and you live several hours from family or friends, we just felt like we should have something ready to go just in case. Um, so it turned out really great. We were very blessed and very lucky with how easy that transition was. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward through um, your hospital experience. There was a lot of ups and downs that you guys experienced, but when you finally got home, how in the world did this go with Ella and Wyatt like meeting? And you know, it might have been bliss for the first little bit, but kind of curious through that first week of how things were going. Yeah. So when we were discharged from the hospital, actually it was really nice because, well, and I'm just going to stop right here and share something with the expectant mom who may have a toddler or two at home. Something that nobody ever told me that I wish I was told before I brought Wyatt home was how big your toddler will feel when you come home from the hospital it was mind-blowing. She was always my little girl. Her hands and feet were always little hands and feet. And her little facial features were also always, you know, baby facial features. And then you actually go to the hospital and you have this teeny tiny baby and you come home and you, you know, embrace your toddler and they feel so big. Yeah, um, they do. So, They're huge. <laughs> yeah. Like everything about her just felt huge. And so I wish I would have taken the time to really embrace my little girl, my little baby, you know, before actually having a baby, because it was kind of a huge shift for us, um, how big she felt. But, um, once we were able to come home, um, we actually were discharged in the late morning which coincided with her lunch and nap because um, she was still taking one midday nap um, each day. And so we actually were able to come home to the house while she was napping. And so that let us kind of settle in, let her get her sleep. And then when it was time for her to meet her little brother, we were in, I was holding Wyatt and his nursery right next to her room. And Jake surprised her by getting her up from her nap because she obviously hadn't seen him or us in a couple of days. And he brought her into the nursery 
to meet Wyatt. And it was just a beautiful moment. She was so excited. Um, I think something that really helped her understand who this person was, was a little gift that we had from Wyatt to her. Um, she was really into Lion King at the time. So I got a little baby Simba and a sticker book and a regular book, all Lion uh, King themed, um, something she was really into at the time that he gave to her as a thank you for being my big sister. Um, so it was a really sweet moment. And I think that was definitely an icebreaker. Oh, I love that. And he used like her interest because she's like super into Lion King. Exactly. And she's actually slept with this little baby Simba every night since he's been home. And she she always says this is from baby Wyatt. So she knows Aww. exactly who it's from. It's really sweet. That's so cute. Okay. So, all right. Past the honeymoon stage, has there been any moments of jealousy, frustration from Ella and Wyatt? Yes, of course. I mean, she is a toddler. She's almost three. I call her my little three-nager. So she is very, very used to being the center of attention as I think most first you know, siblings are. Um, so yes, there's definitely been times where I'm either feeding him or changing his diaper or tending to all the needs that a newborn needs. And I can't give her everything that she is asking for. So there are times where she's a little spiteful and a little like, she'll get a little bit of a pout face and get a little grouchy. Um, but she does okay now that we're several months out from that early, early weeks. Yeah. Okay. So how is she like a little helper though? What are some tasks that you get her to do to just kind of like help you um, with little tasks for Wyatt around the house? Also like not, you know, I know there's a little bit of a, like, yes, we want to cultivate responsibility in our kids. And it's also like, she's not his mom. So I understand there's like that, like filter of, okay, you don't have to do everything. Like uh, she's also not even three yet, but I know Ella, she likes to be a helper. So what are some things that you get her to do to help you with Wyatt? Um, I would say one of the things that she really enjoys is helping us make his bottle at the end of the day. Um, so before we all go upstairs to do our bedtime routine, she likes to hop on the counter and help make his bedtime bottle. So she is, she picks out which bottle, which color bottle she wants to give him. And then she helps make it. Um, other things that she's really um, into helping with are if we forget his burp cloth, she'll run in, um, run over and grab his burp cloth for us. Um, if I'm in the kitchen making dinner and he's on his play mat or in a sit me up playing and kind of getting fussy because I'm not right there by him. She will go over to him and she, it's funny because she uses exact terminology that I use. She'll say, it's okay. I'm here. I hear you. I'm right here. Wyatt, are you okay? And she'll, she'll start to play with him and entertain him a little bit um, while I'm fixing dinner she also really likes to help in bath time. They're at the point now, which is wonderful that they bathe at the same time in bedtime routine. And so she'll help like wash his toes or his legs. Um, she'll help set up his room, get his lotion and his brush, help me pick out his jammies. So she's really into helping with bedtime routine the most right now. 
Okay. That's a great transition point because they haven't always had the same, like Ella was not always awake for Wyatt's bedtime routine. So how has that changed? First of all, let's back up. Sorry. I'll rephrase my question. How has like, what was bedtime routine like when Wyatt was a newborn and he wasn't going to bed at like seven or eight o'clock? So how did you do that with Ella? It was actually kind of a tricky time in our lives because we welcomed Wyatt in July. Um, my husband, Jake's job is really, really busy in the month of August. So he would be up from like sunup to sundown most days. So it did get pretty tricky. And at that point, Wyatt was still in the like thick of the newborn days. So the end of the day is always was always the toughest part for us. So for me, when he was about, you know, a month and a half, almost two months old, right before two months was the trickiest part. And so I would um, often just wear him in my baby carrier in the evening while I got Ella her dinner, um, you know, cleaned the dishes, cleaned up from dinner, picked up the house and then got her ready for bed. He would just be in the baby carrier for his cat nap, his last like little nap of the day. Um, And then once I got her down for bed, then I would get him up and do, you know, his bedtime routine, his bottle, and then get him down, obviously much later than her about, she usually goes down around eight or eight 15 and he would be going down for the night around nine 30. Um, so now that we are out of those newborn days, it's really nice because he wakes up from his, um, cat nap at seven. And at that time she's done with dinner. So we have some time to play as a family and just kind of hang out and relax. And then we get everything ready for bedtime together. Okay. So now he's um, four months old and things are changing and shifting. And as you were just saying, like it's a little bit earlier now, what is his schedule loosely termed y'all? Because we know a four month old isn't on schedule yet, but air quotes your schedule. What is your schedule slash? Like what are the awake times for why? When does he start the morning? What is his daytime routine like? And his awake windows there. Yeah. So he's actually very consistent. Thankfully we didn't have this with Ella, but he's almost consistent to the time, um, which is crazy. I know it's going to change, but for right now, he's been very consistent for the last several weeks with 90 minute awake windows across the board. Um, so we usually get him up at eight 30, um, get him dressed for the day, offer his feed playtime. And then he goes down for his first nap at the 90 minute mark. And then he usually sleeps for about an hour and a half, followed by another 90 minute awake window and then another 90 minute nap. And then his last two naps of the day are about 45 minutes to 30 to 45 minutes a piece. So he's still getting right at that four hours of daytime sleep with 90 minute awake windows. We start bedtime routine about 745 and then we get him down at 830. Nice. Okay. So you have a little bit of breathing space between Ella and Wyatt for bedtime routine. Yeah. Well, she goes down. They actually are going down at the same time. We're in um, a pivotal point where Ella's getting close to dropping her nap. Um, so she is still going down at 830 as well. So we get them down right at the same time. They do bath together. Jake takes Ella into her room to get her jammies, lotion, um, brush her teeth. And then I go in Wyatt's room to do the same. Um, obviously there's a big gap for Ella. She doesn't go straight down because 
we, I'm feeding Wyatt his bottle and it's also not time for her to go down just yet. So that while I'm feeding Wyatt his bedtime feeding, Jake and Ella have a lot of fun playing together at that time. We get some of the more fun things up in her room that she doesn't play with as much throughout the day. So it's kind of like a new uh, activity for her to play while I'm feeding him his bottle. And then we read one or two books together. And then I put Wyatt down and then go in her room and put her down. So that's been a really nice system for us. Yeah. I hope it stays like that for a little while. I know we're talking about Ella dropping her nap possibly, but you know, keep this as much as you can. Exactly. And I think obviously once we do drop the nap, she'll have to go to bed much earlier, but I know we'll meet for bedtime routine again here very soon. So, (laughs) yeah. So, okay. How is Wyatt doing throughout the night? Is he having any nighttime feeds? He is not. He, um, both of my kids drop the nighttime feed very early. Um, they're very squishy babies, so they have no problem with weight. So they drop their nighttime feeding, um, each of them right around the three and a half month mark. Um, so he started sleeping 11 to 12 hours through na- through the night, uh, late September. So he would have been just before he turned three months old, he started really sleeping those longer stretches. So we don't hear a peep from him all night long. What do you think? Cause I can just see some mom being like, what? <laughs> Not even three months old and sleeping 11, 12 hours. It's like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So what do you think was one of the most pivotal things to help Wyatt get to that point? Keeping him awake and alert on all of his feedings. I think him really starting to grasp, there's something that switches between two to three months uh, or at the two month mark where I feel like they're, alertness is just way more than it ever has been in their you know little life. And so they are more interested in sounds and sights and you know people's voices. So keeping him awake and alert on those feedings was really helpful. Um, I would also um, not go and get him like if he woke from a nap early or if he woke in the night or in the early morning, I wouldn't get him right away. Um, obviously, he's still newborn, so I wouldn't let him cry and cry and cry. But I would give him some time to really figure out, are you just awake because you know you're uncomfortable or you're trying to shift position? Are you truly hungry? So I would just give him that space to kind of figure it out for about five to ten minutes. And so I think that also, was something that helped him really click and learn to find his hands and his arms um, to kind of help himself fall back to sleep. Yes. So it's like, honestly, for newborns, there's no like hard, fast rules, but there are some great things you can do from the beginning. And um, not every baby, I mean, this is a great opportunity to say that if you're a mom listening to this, you're like, I have been trying to keep my baby awake. I have been trying to do these things. It's not a formulaic plug and play like, oh, do this thing. And, you know, bing, bang, boom, your kid will do great and sleep all night by three months old. Like every kid is different. So what Kate is sharing is her experience with Wyatt. Um, and you guys have heard a little bit of our story where um, Hattie was very similar to that, like sleeping through the night, definitely by four months old. She That girl loved to eat. So she was having like, she was definitely getting up for her nighttime feed, <laughs> no matter how many like poking and tickling. Um, but then of course, Ellie was like, I just didn't have a clue. So there is so much to be said for the confidence and the education that you feel that you have about sleep. Um, and clearly why it is like loving life right now and loving sleep, which is awesome. 
Yes. He loves it so much. He, I have to wake him from most naps. He, he truly is a sleeper. So it's been great. And I know every child is different. We've just been very lucky, but I do feel like um, implementing those strategies from day one has helped him create this love for sleep. Yeah. Okay. Final thoughts you have for a mom who has two under three years old. Oh man, give yourself a lot of grace and a lot of patience. Uh, There were days where I would wake up nervous for the day. You know, I was tackling the day by myself and I would honestly have doubts. Like, can I do this? Uh, My goal is just to make it to the end of the day. I don't want to live that way, but in the moment it is really hard. Um, So I think just giving yourself grace and patience and realizing that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. Um, It doesn't need to be perfect. Just give your babies as much love as you can, but also take good care of yourself. Give yourself the same amount of love and time and Once your partner is home and if you need some time to just have some quiet, take it and don't feel guilty about it. Um, So I think that those first two months are truly a time of patience and grace. Those, you said something that's like, I think it's important to lean into for a second that sometimes your days are going to feel like you're just trying to make it to the end of the day. And that's not like... Oh, well, actually, it's perfectly okay to feel that way for a season of your life. There, it, you're going to feel that way for this, a season of your life. That it's just every day is like, you know, just trying to survive through the day, do everything as best as you can to just get to the night and then sleep and then do it again the next day. And it's that is very frustrating, but I think it's even worse if you're not sleeping or you don't have any type of consistent routine or expectation. But it is okay to have that season where you simply feel like you're just trying to survive the days because then the fog will lift and it will be different, but that it's such a good point to bring. That is a, a season and that, that part's normal. Yeah. And there were times where I thought I would never get to this moment that we're in right now where we're sleeping. Jake and I are sleeping through the night ourselves. We have those expectations throughout the day when we know we're going to have a pocket of time throughout the day to focus either on Ella or they'll both be down. We have time to focus on ourselves, our work. Um, so yeah, it is very hard and you feel like you're not ever going to get out of it, but I promise you, you will. There is another side. It's almost like you have to go through the thick of it to get to the top of the mountain. And I'm so, so, so proud of myself and of Jake because we did get through you know, those hard times together. We didn't, we don't have a lot of, we don't have any family nearby or friends. So we didn't have a lot of support or, you know, breaks during those really challenging months. And so I look back on it and while it was hard, I'm very proud of ourselves for, you know, everything we were able to accomplish as a team. Oh yeah. And you had each other, which is just hard and difficult and challenging, but also obviously so necessary and needed. So that's uh, definitely a good thing to remember. And I, the last thing I want to ask, okay, so you are back working with little Z's. Um, and I want to hear for the moms out there as well, who have two under three or just kids in general, and they're also trying to work from home. How are you making this work? When do you find the most optimal times for you to get work done? But then also like, when are you also, you know, eating food yourself, like kind of break down some of those pockets of time that you 
carve out intentionally for work, taking care of yourself, all those little things? Yeah, that's a really good question because those are obviously super important aspects. You kind of lose yourself as a parent sometimes. And while it's okay, it's also important for you to do things that make you happy and satisfied. Um, So for me personally, I love obviously my work with Little Z's. I love our team. I love the communication with all of our team members every day. So that's been really nice for me to have that adult conversation throughout the day. Um, The other thing that's also important to me is exercise. That is something that is one of my biggest stress relievers and really gets me going for the day. So for me personally, I've been getting up between 5.15 and 5.30 every morning because I know you know Wyatt will sleep until 8.30. So that gives me a good chunk of time before both kids get up where I can jump into a little work, I can jump into a little exercise, and then I can jump back into work and feed myself, have my coffee before the kids get up. Um, and then throughout the day... While they're napping, we have about an hour and a half midday where both kids are napping. So that I like to call it is my power pocket um, where I get a lot of work done. I have a lot of intentional you know, tasks that I want to get done related to work right in that time. And then I'll use the pockets um, throughout the day while he's napping or and while Ella is you know, doing some independent play where I can plug in and, and check a few more things off my list. And then obviously in the evening is our time uh, for Jake and I, where we have dinner together. So we, we are kind of weird. We don't have dinner with Ella right now. We truly just want to like sit and enjoy a meal together with quiet. I get um, that. <laughs> yeah. So we're in very much in the season of um, sitting down together after bedtime routine Once the kids are asleep, where we sit down, we have a meal, we have conversation, and then we might get some work done if there's anything that needs to be wrapped up for the day. And then we watch a show together. Um, So that's kind of how we fill our days. Um, It's been really nice. So, well, and this is why uh, we love Kate is because she's like, and this is my power hour. This is when I do things like, yes, it is. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. Um, and we are so thankful. Um, if you have even just um, been listening to this podcast or visited our Instagram or our website for even just a hot second, we can only do this because Kate is the one who helps manage, organize, and keep everybody straight. So we love you so much. Um, we love your kiddos. Any final words of wisdom, thoughts like, okay, this, if this is the one thing you should take away, take this and run with it today. I want to ask for a sleep tip for a four month old. What's your best tip? Well, honestly, I would say if you are starting from scratch and you don't know, um, where to begin, go do our baby sleepy coaching course like that. uh, I did that with Ella and that is where I learned all of those foundations for sleep. And it truly honestly changed my entire world as a mom because I felt like I got a piece of myself back. Um, I was a better mom. I was a better wife. I was better to myself. Um, So if you're starting from scratch and you just need a plan, For me personally, this was before I ever started working for Little Z's. Um, The baby program is what changed our entire world as a family. 
I love that. And thank you. <laughs> um, I did not ask Kate to say that, but it, it's true. You having a clear and solid plan of knowing exactly what to do and how to do it really truly makes all the difference. So such a good point to bring up. And thank you for that. I hope that um, if you are listening to this, I hope that you now feel a little bit more equipped to step into your day whenever you listen to this. And thank you, Kate, for sharing all that with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Over the last several weeks, we've gone back into the archives to share the most popular episodes or just some of my personal favorites. And I hope you'd enjoyed as we have gone back and reshared some episodes that have meant a lot to our audience and us here at Little Z's. We are getting into a fresh batch of information and education and interviews next. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. I'm glad you're here. And I haven't done this in a while, but would you take a moment and just review this podcast? It really does help. When people are searching for a sleep podcast or some type of parenting education podcast, this means a lot. And I don't know if you're like me, but if I find a podcast, I do go to see like, is this popular? Do people like it? What are they saying about it? Because I know you only have such a precious amount of time in your life and in your time to listen to an episode. And the fact that you chose this one, I am so glad that you are doing this right now. So if you don't mind just scrolling on your um, podcast app, especially just roll down, hit that five-star rating, um, tell us what this meant to you, or just, you know, tap a five-star. That's great too. Um, But a note from you is always something that we literally read every single one of them. And it makes me so happy to know where you are in your journey and what this podcast has meant to you. So I'd love for you to do that. Thank you for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.